0: What's going on everybody? Happy Wednesday and welcome into the Better Baseball MLB DFS podcast here at Fantasy Alarm and the Better Sports Network. I am James Grande. I am joined by none other than at Fenty Sports. What's going on, brother? Happy Wednesday. What
1: is going on? James, it has been so long since we've worked together, man. Thank goodness we're back in the saddle together, man. We can't let it be this long again
0: uh i think um you know at least we changed shirts you know we've we've, i'm sure you've showered four times since the last time i know how you are so i'm sure like since the last time we did a show at 5 p.m eastern on tuesday that or 4 p.m eastern i can't even tell you what time it is anymore 4 p.m eastern you've taken maybe four or five showers by then i've
1: taken no joke i've taken three showers since then that's on him. right before this show, man. So I'm, I'm so clean, clean.
0: <laughs> oh, nice little Outcast reference. Uh, little Outcast for the uh, kids at home. In case you know, you're a little too young to to know what speaker box is or any of uh outcast's all-time great hits. Uh, but enough about Outcast because uh, you and I are not one here on this show. Let's get into things here, Fancy. We have 11 games. Let's h- dive into the Vegas side of things first and just. Anything that we see, um, in ter- just for the main slate, just for the 11 games that you see in terms of over unders, like we're not dealing with cores here, uh, we're not dealing with Great American, the Reds are on the road, but any over unders that are significant, I see a bunch of pretty solid totals, nothing in the double digits, but I see some pretty high ones nonetheless.
1: Yeah, what about when we go late, the Pirates Dodgers game, thinking that the Dodgers are just going to completely smash? Pittsburgh. Maybe Pittsburgh can put up a run or two on the own but I'm expecting the Dodgers bats to be lighting it up fireworks style in this matchup.
0: Yeah, and then not solid nine over under in that game. And we could even see that move. I see um over on DraftKings, there is a slight lean to the over two, minus one fifteen at on the nine runs. So um we could see that balloon. I see a couple totals nine and a half. Mets diamondbacks at nine and a half, um, Braves. Guardians at nine and a half Rangers Red Sox nine and a half and Orioles Yankees so a lot of and Reds Washington so a lot of games with pretty high implied totals we'll see by the time the 5 p.m. show uh, live comes around if those totals creep up into the double digit mark Um, but those are probably the most notable things. We have on that front. So let's head into pitching. Angels and,
1: Padres too, James. I'm sorry to interrupt. Angels Padres at eight and a half. I also like the over for that. Too. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: definitely interesting. The Padres have been one of the best left-handed uh, hitting teams in the league. Uh, so let's, you know, like I said, let's get back into pitching. Um, thank you for mentioning that. Cause I do agree. I think that's a, a pretty enticing game uh, as well, at least from one side of things. And I'll tell you why I only like one side, uh, but let's get into our top pitching options of the night. That's the, Who are you going to be spending up for on Wednesday's slate?
1: I'm going fully up the board here, price-wise style. Justin Steele in this matchup against Milwaukee, what they're hitting 218 against lefties, hitting 242 as a team over the last two weeks, a.k.a. they suck, and Justin Steele (laughs) could absolutely mow them down. No BS on that front.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I love that you brought up Milwaukee against left-handed pitching. It's been a thing since maybe the first game of the year, probably the first time that they face a left-handed pitcher. And it just like, that's just been a sticking point the entire year attack Milwaukee with left-handers. And let's face it. Justin Steele has been an elite pitcher the entire year. I mean, since returning from the IL three and O he's allowed three earned runs in three starts. Like he's been just as good as he was pre-injury back-to-back 27 fantasy point outings. Uh, he was one of my breakout candidates heading into the year, and he is not letting me down whatsoever. Um, you know, maybe we could see Justin Steele start creeping into some uh, Cy Young conversations maybe later in the year if he can stay healthy. I fully agree. I think he's my top dog as well. Right behind him, though, I'm going to go Pablo Lopez. I've been like. Not, I have not been shy about my love for the twins on pretty much every show I've done DFS seasonal. I went on Moose and Keith about a month ago and I mentioned, I think the twins, if they ever figure out their health thing, they're my dark horse in the AL specific, like because their pitching is so good. And Pablo Lopez has definitely been up and down coming off one of his best starts. He just misses a ton of bats and we talk about it a lot. Strikeouts are king on DraftKings. It just is what it is. That if you have a strikeout appeal, you are interesting on DraftKings because everything else is a negative. And on FanDuel, you get a quality start. You get more points for wins. Like there's less negatives there. So on DraftKings 10-1, Pablo Lopez gets one of the best matchups on the board. We've seen the Royals just strike out Kenta Maeda, Joe Ryan, like dominate domination after domination and back to ba- back to back to back days. Um, And the Royals now 24.5% strikeout rate is top half in the league. And they're bottom two in OPS and WOBA. I love Pablo Lopez. I have no problem. If you can find enough value going steel Lopez as your SP one, SP two, it's going to be tough because they're both, you know, that's 20,000 of your $50,000 down the drain. I mean, if we were to do that, it's $3,700 a player, which is I think reasonable, but you really have to find some solid value um, but I really like Lopez and Steele as my top two arms. Who do you got next? Anyone that you're looking to spend up on, or are you just headed down into like this value slash mid-tier?
1: You know, I'm actually looking next at Tommy Henry here. I mean, that's really where I'm looking Ooh, we're at. we're
0: opposite. Point. Ooh, this is going to be t- Oh, we're going to have a spicy podcast then.
1: Nice, nice. I mean, look, with the Mets, bottom 10 OPS versus lefties, bottom eight hitting versus lefties at 233. I don't fully trust them. How can you trust this team at all? Nothing but inconsistent here. And from what we've seen from Tommy Henry, put a lot of trust into him going into this matchup. I just don't think the Mets are going to be able to hit him too well. I mean, he's sitting there at 7K. You look over his last few starts here. He hasn't allowed more than two earned runs in each of his last three starts. The strikeouts have been a little bit up and down. So I get where there might be a little trepidation there. But with the other stats, with the metrics that I just read about the Mets, I'm thinking Tommy Henry is going to be in line for a very nice start at seven K.
0: Okay. Then we're going to have some fun the rest of the show. Cause I, I actually do like some Mets. Um, and I've, I'm also like a documented Tommy Henry kind of hater. So, you know, not to say I'm biased, but like, I just haven't thought much of him at the major league level and I'll give him his flowers. Like he has been really good in his last three starts and, Cleveland's a, a tough team to strike out. They He didn't. Uh, Washington's a tough team to strike out. Five strikeouts is pretty good. Um, and the Angels are middle of the pack, and he had no problem with them. And, and they're a good left-handed hitting team, and he had no problem with them. So I can't say I disagree that he's pitching well. There are some things on the surface that look better than they are behind the scenes, and we can get into that um, right now, actually. You know... 408 ERA is definitely pretty good. 521 XFIP, the 274 Babbitt, both those numbers kind of suggesting he's been getting a little lucky this year. Um, And sometimes, you know what? Pitchers get lucky the entire year. We've seen it. Martin Perez last year was lucky the entire season. We were like, when is the Martin Perez luck going to run out? And he just, it didn't. And it has this year. But maybe Tommy Henry continues to be good um, today. Hopefully for you. Uh, Not so much for me, because I'm going to be playing some
1: Mets here. The longevity factor is the one thing that concerns me because when you look at even in those starts here, you know, you look to see even going back to early and mid June, he had a couple of starts where he didn't make it through five full innings. And that's a little bit cause of concern. Normally when I'm looking at DFS pitching, even if I'm going down and I'm not looking at the top two the top three price wise options, I want to see them at least get through six. Yeah. And that's not always the case with Tommy Henry. So immediately, we go and we look at walks here, and there are some games in recent starts where he's been walking multiple batters here. Yeah, and that's also a little bit cause of concern. But again, still thinking overall that he could do some damage, just like he did in the previous two starts. Despite not pitching six full innings against the Angels, he was still able to crush them, especially on the strikeout run with eight.
0: Yeah, I like. Hey, it's a good argument. You make you make very good points, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm probably more. I mean, the numbers suggest I'm wrong because I'm <laughs> I'm targeting Mets, right? Like the numbers literally suggest you're right and I'm wrong. So we'll see how it plays out. I like I like that we're on different sides of that. You know, we don't always need to agree on, on
1: specific Well, can, things, right? can I go back to one thing very quickly? Okay. You can tell me to buzz sure. off if you want to. Sure. And maybe this is a good thing for everybody that's really just starting out with DFS. You mentioned Pablo Lopez before, right? So he had a start against the Royals about back late April, and he got creamed by them. Does that yeah. ever concern you or at this point – It's been over two months since that last start. A lot has changed. That was the one thing when I was looking at who my ideal pitcher was. I just couldn't stop thinking about that. Maybe I was overthinking it because, again, it was over two months ago. We didn't do well in that start. Six earned.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could also look the first start of the year. He threw five and a third scoreless against them, right? So, like, it's April. And now we're in July. I think that's a long period of time has gone on. And the one thing that's been consistent about Pablo Lopez the whole year is the strikeouts. I mean, you have to literally go back. He's had one start under five strikeouts this year. And when you, you know, when you're doing research, if you have a guy that has 126 strikeouts over 102 innings, and then you take a team like the Royals who have, uh, in terms of strikeout rate, officially against right-handed pitching... The, as my uh, updates, the fifth highest strikeout rate in baseball against righties, like those two things correlate very well. And I understand like he just had a bad start. The Royals don't have Vinny Pasquintino, who they had in April, who was their Good best point. left-handed bat, right? So like there's a lot of fluidity with looking back to a start in April versus July because things just change. Players get Better as summer months. Francisco Lindor, the Mets. You're historically good throughout the summer. Mark Teixeira, old Yankees first baseman. Historically good in hot weather. It's just some players are different at different times. And I think it's really hard to like pinpoint that specific. Now, if they just face each other twice and he got rocked by Kansas City twice, like that would be something I would look at. But April, I mean, one good start, one bad start, right? Pablo Lopez has kind of been inconsistent a lot this year. The one thing that we can definitively say is he hasn't been a strike, hasn't been um inconsistent striking people out because he's done that against everybody. I mean, Boston doesn't strike out, he had 9, Tampa Bay wasn't striking out 6, Detroit had 10 like he sh- misses bats. He also has some troubles against lefties, which has been really what his downfall has been. Kansas City doesn't really have many, especially with Pasquantino Quintino out. So, um i'm not necessarily worried about the april the april start against kansas city that much because the large sample tells me that they're gonna be bad against righties more often than they're not
1: who do you like for a value
0: so i like seth lugo um as an option and that was why i was mentioning i like one side of this game i'm i'm a little not worried about the angels but i I'm just kind of gonna play it by year. Like, I don't know how to think about them without Mike Trout in the middle of that lineup. Like, obviously, they still have Otani and they traded for Escobar and Mustakas, and they're both lefties. Um, but they've been a better hitting team against left-handed pitching this year. Dude, Seth Lugo has been so weirdly good this year as a longtime met reliever converted to a starter in his 30s. Like, that's kind of crazy to be this good. Um Six scoreless in great American his last time out. And he hasn't exactly had an easy path since coming back from the IL in San Francisco, who's a pretty good offense against righties. Didn't really have a problem with them. Struggled a little bit against Washington, but again, death by a thousand cuts offense. They are very annoying to face. And then in Cincinnati against one of the hottest offenses in baseball, just mowed them down. Um, The angels are not that team like without trout. So I like Seth Lugo. And I like Bobby Miller, and I'm willing to go back to the well. I, I liked him in his last start against Kansas City, the aforementioned. And he didn't look great, and now this is a continuing continuing, continuing trend. But he looked better in that Kansas City start. He ran into a little trouble in the sixth inning. Pittsburgh has been awful against right-handed pitching uh, of late. And even in the game the other night against Michael Grove, where they had eight base runners on, they could score one run, eight runners on in the first four innings and they could score one run. Like Bobby Miller has strikeout appeal and his price has gotten to a point again, where I'm really comfortable uh, going to. So I like Miller and Seth Lugo quite a bit uh, here in this value tier. Uh, Anyone else that you want to mention, whether it's someone you have interest in someone you really want to attack, like anything on that front.
1: So a couple of the pitchers that I'm really just not interested in. I mean, if we go to that side of it, Osvaldo Vito on the other side of that matchup. And also, I'm a little bit concerned about Alex Cobb in this matchup against Seattle here. I mean, Seattle, I mean, if you look over the last few weeks for them, I mean, top five team in hits, runs, RBIs, top 10 OPS. And I know that Cobb recently was just banged up, just came back, had one start. I I just am not interested in him, man. I'm just going to leave him alone. I just think behind him, the run support, it's not really going to be there. We've talked over and over over streams about how banged up these hitters are for San Francisco as well. I just don't want to go after Seattle, being that they're really heating up over the last few weeks. So no cop for me.
0: Yeah, he hasn't been great anyways. Um, Largely, like he got off to a really good start this year, but it's been pretty downhill since now. You know, in Colorado's, obviously, we can live with that because you weren't you using them in DFS anyway. But uh, didn't four innings in Seattle or St. Louis, five in the Mets, only 79 pitches, only 83 pitches max in his last three starts. No thanks. 8,600. No shot am I getting there? Um, let's pivot offense. Uh, Actually, before we pivot, uh, let's talk about the real time sports pick 'em promo. Uh, make sure you guys. Head over to real time sports and play the real-time sports daily pick'em contest where you set a lineup of player props and if you hit them all, you win. Pretty simple. Fency and I built a lineup uh two props the other night. uh, was it the other night? Yeah, the other night. And yep. uh Fernando Tatis and uh Logan Webb both hit. We won uh 750 each. We're rich. $7.50, not $750. I wish it was the latter. Bro, that's um, a burrito
1: bowl right there, man. That is a
0: burrito. I mean, used to be a burrito bowl. That's like a. That's maybe guac and chips at this point, <laughs> Fancy, you know? Uh, but they have all types of sports, baseball, football, basketball, golf. You name it, they have it. Um, first-time depositors get a 100% instant match up to $200. So go to rtsports.com slash alarm. Use code ALARM23, that's A-L-A-R-M-23, and first-time depositors get a 100% instant deposit match up to $200. And please, if you have a gambling problem, make sure to call 1-800-GAMBLER and please play responsibly as well. Benston, with that out of the way, let's head on to the infield breakdown. Send me your top infield plays of the day.
1: For me, I mean, I'm looking at these Dodgers guys. It's going to be a lot of Dodger talk from here on out pretty much now that we've reached the hitting portion of this. I mean, Freddie Freeman, I mean, he's hitting 321 against righties. I want to see a little bit more power out of him. But at mm-hmm. the same time, loving Freddie Freeman in this one and also want to attack Patrick Sandoval, and I'm going to go with Manny Machado. Freddie Freeman, Manny Machado, Matt Olson are some of the top plays that I'm going to be building lineups around for this slate. Yeah,
0: I – I agree on the Freeman power front. Although like the guy just continues to be awesome. Even without like massive.
1: I just want him to go yard. Come on. man. I know.
0: I don't, I don't disagree. Like obviously if we're paying $6,100, like he can give us a four for five with a couple RBIs, but like give us a two for five with a home run and like four RBIs, you know, I agree. Um, This is a spot. He could do it for sure. Um, I also love your Machado call. He has great against left-handed pitching and more on that in a few uh, seconds because my top play in the infield is going to pair with yours in Xander Brogarts, who continues to hit, uh, hit another home run on Tuesday. Um, and he's really been good. And, you know, he had a, a large rut in the middle of this season. Like he opened the season hotter than almost any other player in baseball now he's homered in two straight days, um back-to-back multi-hit games as
1: well. By the way, and, credit to you on him because on on our Monday stream, you were all over him and he smashed so Yeah. To
0: you. I mean, he's he's just kind of getting back to where he was earlier in the year. And that's what we needed because you couldn't play him when he was not hitting at 5k, essentially 5k almost every slate, right? Like it's just if you're paying 5K, we need people who are hitting home runs and actively, I mean, back-to-back days with home runs, back-to-back days with three RBIs, back-to-back days with multi-hits for Xander Bogarts. I know it doesn't show here, uh, but at the time of this recording, uh, trust us, he went two for three with a home run again on, on Tuesday. So I like Xander Bogarts. Pair him with your Manny Machado uh, stack, and you know we're probably going to get to some in the outfield as well. Uh, I also like... And here's my pivot off of you. And here's my attacking Tommy Henry. I love Francisco Lindor against left-handed pitching. I always have loved Francisco Lindor against left-handed pitching. And I same can be said about uh, Pete Alonzo. And Tommy Henry's allowed a bunch of home runs. 12 home runs in his 13 starts this year. Lindor's power stroke is from the right side. I mean, he's just a better hitter from the right side overall. And we obviously know Alonzo's pedigree as a power hitter too. Tommy Henry, 328 Woba allowed to righties, 750 OPS. Lindor, 367 Woba, eight home runs against Southpaws. Pete Alonzo, 369 Woba, nice, seven home runs against Southpaws. So I really like both those uh, Mets spend-ups here. And they're they're expensive, but I have some Mets value to pair to complete my stack as well. Betsy, what do we got for value plays here? Uh, I have a couple that I can rattle off, uh, and you tell me what you think if... Um so young okay. Kim is getting the lefty just to throw another Padre at us here. Uh he has been amazing against left-handed pitching, and he's been that since he came over from the KBO. Um against left-handed pitching this year, Hase Young Kim, 373 Woba, five home runs. He's gonna lead off too. They lead him off against Southpaws. Um, I really also like Brandon Belt here against yes. um Lance Lynn. And I say this. Every single Lance Lynn start. If you have a lefty that breathes air, like just breathes, like there is just air, like he has a pulse and he exists in the world. He is live to hit against Lance Lynn because Lance Lynn has been that bad against left-handed um, hitters this year. It hasn't changed like 345 average, a thousand OPS 442 Woba allowed to lefties. Belt is getting, they moved him up to third in this lineup on Tuesday. Like I could see Brandon Belt hitting third again in in a premier spot. 367 Woba against uh, left-handed pitching. Um, For all you BV peers out there, fancy. 7 for 18 off of Lance Lynn as well. Just throwing that out there. Um, as he smirk because you know it's true. Well, and then, it,
1: it's it's because, yeah, you're saying that. But meanwhile, you're like, I'm not a BVP guy. Ah.
0: I'm not. I am not. But, I mean, I gave you a 1,000 points of why I would play Brandon Belt before the BVP. I'm just throwing it out there for the BVP truthers out there. Um, and then Alex Kirloff, who's hitting the ball exceptionally well, uh, gets a really soft matchup um, in Kansas City.
1: Soft price point, too.
0: Very soft. I love this guy. Uh, only my only i'm a little pissed off he's been first base outfield eligible this whole time and now he's
1: only first base uh thoughts there like dislike any of those guys i mean look when it comes to kim and kirilov both of these guys have been hitting a lot lately and yeah. when we're looking down we just, we want to get these guys on base even if we're not getting even double figures this guy could get us six to eight points at 2700 Kirillov. I'm totally fine with that. I was trying to figure out because you gave me the fever of the Minnesota Twins the other day. So naturally, naturally, when I start to look at the value part, I start to look at this team right here. So thanks a lot, man. It's like I caught it. So I was, don't think I didn't look at Mr. Miranda too who hasn't been hitting. So I've been looking for some value options as well. But off at 2,700, I mean, he's been hitting more often than not over his last, I mean, the last time really besides a few days ago against Baltimore, where he didn't get a hit, too. I mean, you're talking a few weeks at this point. So, 2,700, you can't ask for more. We lower our expectations. He could give us six to eight DK points. I'm fine with that. That's a win at 2,700.
0: I'm sorry. You got the Twins fever. I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know. Once you Just get, me, it-
1: get me the antibiotic, that'll get it out of my system. That's on you. Uh,
0: you nah, good luck. I still got the Twins fever. So, uh, let's head over to the outfield. And uh, rattle off some of our top dogs out here, Fensty.
1: Absolutely. Going back west here, we're going to go with Fernando Tatis Jr. Yep. Yeah, I, if you all couldn't tell, I don't like Patrick Sandoval. For good reason, <laughs> you shouldn't either. And I like these Padres bats. So I like it there. And because of what I just said about Cobb as well, I am also looking at Julio Rodriguez, James. And then when I look down a little bit, I'll just kind of let you know what I'm giving out in my playbook here. When you look down the price point after that, going back to the Dodgers, J.D. Martinez is someone that I think has decent value going up against Beto here. And then I'm sure that this guy is going to make your little Mets stack. What about Tommy Pham? I mean, hits up for a lot of power versus lefties here. So maybe Mr. Pham can be part of that stack, that Mets stack that you were talking about. He's a solo dolo play for me for going into tonight's slate.
0: Oh, no doubt. He is like, De la Creme against lefties. He's, uh, he has been really good against them. Seven home runs in his own right. Um, same amount of home runs as Pete Alonso, more RBIs than Pete Alonso. And basically the same amount of bats, 389 Woba, better than Pete Alonso. You know, just saying Tommy Pham, MVP of the Mets this year. It says a lot. I'm sure they expected that going into the year. Um, love all those plays. I also have Tatis junior listed as my top play. Uh, how about a little Lane Thomas here, Fenstey? Goes he has up against, been
1: so good. This so, kid, so
0: good. um, So, so good. And it's actually kind of stretches back to last year. He was really good. Uh, this year, I think he's just finally getting the recognition. And, and that comes with, I think, the territory of playing on a little better team than he did last year. But uh, Graham Ashcraft has been really, really bad against both splits. Righties and lefties, 850 OPS against both. Lane Thomas, seven home runs against righties. Like, he hits lefties really, really well. Uh, but he's hitting righties just as well. So um, Lane Thomas, I know, you know, $5,000 is a crazy price to get to. But, hey, man, 381. Don't look now. 381 over his last 10 games, now hitting over 300 with an 850
1: OPS. It's uh, better at home, too, a little bit better. I mean, even on the road, I mean, 289 is no slouch or anything like that. But over 300 at home as well. So something else to think about.
0: Um, and I'll just rattle off uh, uh, one more value play because Tommy Pham was my favorite value. Max Kepler, just uh, more Twins fever. He's breaking another home run on on Tuesday. Uh, Fensty, let's uh, rattle off our uh, Grande's Gems and Fensty's Phenoms real quick. And you can run down your list real quick and we, we just rattle them off and I'll do the same because we got a couple minutes left to to round out the show and build the
1: lineup here. All right, I'll give you a few of what I'm thinking so far. Mookie Betts, from the Dodgers' side, Mookie Betts is going to be my home run hitter for tonight's slate. His teammate, Freddie Freeman, is going to be the star of the night. That's where I'm feeling. So I got that Dodger kick, too, that I'm on. And I want to try to figure out a way to stack either Atlanta or L.A. going into this matchup. If I'm looking for something contrarian, again, going Ooh. back to the Alex Cobb matchup against the Mariners with how hot the Mariners have been, I'm going to be trying to put a Mariners stack together led by Julio Rodriguez, of course.
0: Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Um, my home run call is going to be Fernando Tatis Jr. I think all of us saw that coming because I'm going to pair that up with my top stack of the night is the San Diego Padres. Contrarian stack of the night is going to be the Mets. Star of the night, Xander Bogarts. And value play of the night, Tommy Pham. Then see, we have about... Minute and a half, all right? So let's fly through a lineup here. Um, what was our favorite spend-up? I think Justin Steele was the guy that you and I both agreed yeah. on. What about the value? Uh, which value play do you want to rock with tonight?
1: I mean, we could rock with, if you want, You, I did find your Bobby Miller call decent there. I mean, the walks, we didn't talk about this before. The walks are a little bit concerning with him, but still good matchup there. And, you know, what? I, I think that's where we're going to end up going. Unless you want to go down to Lugo, who you were talking about before as well, we can There's stay on Miller. Let's stay
0: on, let's stay on Miller. Let's stay on Miller. Um, I went Tommy Fam just to provide us with some immediate value. I feel like Fam was probably the best value option we had.
1: We uh, got to get Freeman in there. Um,
0: got to get Freeman in. Got to get Freeman. We can play Haseon Kim, forty four hundred. Um, I Think we could play Brandon Belt in the outfield? We could play Kepler in the outfield. So we have thirty nine hundred catcher spot. Do we have anything Ooh. that you see? I, I'm I usually like spending down at catcher. I'm just seeing if we have anything that really stands out for us here.
1: Um, you trust in, you trust in Mr. Sanchez at all?
0: No, I mean, we can. Against a lefty, I'm okay with that. What's his price? 40, ugh, it's so expensive. The only problem is I don't like, on these slates, I uh, I guess we can go Sanchez and we'll see. So we have $3,800 third baseman and shortstop. Um, what do we got? I'm trying to figure out if we have anything as we are quickly running out of time here, Finstie. Um
1: what do we have here can we can we spend in the mid4ks at all who do you want to go with I mean I'm thinking maybe maybe Arcia Hmm.
0: I'd rather at that point just spend down on like a volpe let's do Volpi we didn't mention him but he has a really good matchup against Dean Kramer um and then let's go candelario against Ashcraft he's been Ashcraft has been terrible. Uh Candelario has been their best player overall. 316 average. Him and Lane Thomas have been a nice
1: one-two punch. Um uh, mid four Ks, by the way, for those looking Swanson, not bad either. Has had yeah, that's a, that's a good there. option.
0: I do like Dansby there. Uh let's yeah. go with this lineup. Uh, and that's gonna do it. We'll be back at five Eastern Standard Time, and we'll catch you guys later.